This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We are taking our paper routes through time. What are you doing in my house? What, what are you doing in my house? I live here. No, I live here. And learning to start over. Everyone at a certain point has experienced been on either side of a breakup. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, July 29th through July 31st. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Elizabeth Hasselbeck is returning to The View. The conservative TV host and author will make her comeback on the morning talk show as a guest host starting August 3rd. Troy Kotzer has set his next post-Oscar project. Kotzer, who made history in March when he became the first deaf male actor and the second deaf performer overall to win an Oscar for his supporting turn in CODA, is set to star in and executive produce a Disney Plus series based on the football team from the California School for the Deaf Riverside. Kotzer will play the team's coach in the series, which is currently untitled. It's time to welcome a new Sestra to the club. Clone Club, that is. Kristen Ritter will be starring in the new Orphan Black spinoff, Orphan Black Echoes, which will debut in 2023. Ritter, who has starred in Marvel's Jessica Jones, Breaking Bad, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, and HBO's upcoming Love and Death, will also serve as an executive producer on the series. Madonna knows exactly who she wants to direct her biopic, Madonna. And she has a very good reason why, explaining in an interview with Variety, quote, I have a very long script that's really hard for me to make shorter. I've been whittling away at it, but it's like hacking off my limbs. I've had an extraordinary life. I must make an extraordinary film. It was also a preemptive strike because a lot of people were trying to make movies about me, mostly misogynistic men. So I put my foot in the door and said, no one's going to tell my story but me. As for who will play Madonna in the film, an official announcement has yet to be made, though rumors regarding Ozark actress Julia Garner's involvement swirled after Madonna followed her on Instagram. Amazon has decided not to go into the wilds again. The series has been canceled by Prime Video after two seasons. Its second season premiered on May 6th and, most disappointingly, ended on a major cliffhanger with the show's groups of stranded teens, The Dawn of Eve and Twilight of Adam, corralled and stranded on a new island, and Gretchen on the run. Mary Alice, best known for her Emmy and Tony Award-winning work in the TV series I'll Fly Away and the original Broadway production of Fences, has died. She was 85. The actress died Wednesday in her home in New York City. A cause of death has not been revealed at this time. She worked as a teacher in Chicago during the mid-1960s before pivoting to acting. She went on to enjoy an impressive and long acting career, both on screen and on stage. Alice is best known for her roles as Letty Boston on NBC's Cosby Show spinoff, A Different World, Effie Williams in the 1976 musical Sparkle, The Oracle in The Matrix Revolutions, and video game Enter the Matrix, and Ellie Grant Hubbard on All My Children. 
Alice won the Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama in 1993 for her work as recurring character Marguerite Peck on I'll Fly Away, after having been nominated in the same category the year prior. Her many other TV appearances include L.A. Law, Cosby, Touched by an Angel, The Women of Brewster Place, Providence, Soul Food, and Oz. On the big screen, Alice appeared in many movies, including Malcolm X, The Bonfire of the Vanities, To Sleep with Anger, Awakenings, Sunshine State, and Down in the Delta. And Doctor Who cast member and beloved British entertainer Bernard Cribbins has died at the age of 93. The actor's many film credits include The Railway Children and the Alfred Hitchcock-directed Frenzy, as well as the classic sitcom Faulty Towers. For more on all of these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Riverdale's penultimate season is coming to an end, and it is this weekend's number five pick. After Archie and the gang took down Big Bad Percival in last week's episode, they're left with one last foe, a comet that is threatening to destroy all of Riverdale. With less than a day before the comet makes impact, will our heroes be able to win yet another epic battle? Well, according to showrunner Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, the comet will force everyone to think hard about their lives. In a weird way, our penultimate episode, which was the, the final battle between Percival and our gang, that felt like a really big action-packed finale like for us and i think we did that consciously so that uh in our in our last episode we could kind of focus weirdly on more emotional stories and character stories and relationship stories and the question we asked um when we were breaking the story was like okay all of these characters we love they have you know one last day to live Mm -hmm. they have they have 12 hours how are they going to spend those 12 hours i would be eating a lot of chocolate but anyway the result will be a finale that is somehow both calmer than most and yet the stakes have never been higher it is in a way quieter though though this threat they're facing is apocalyptic you know a comet is going to destroy everyone and there's there's a magical force field keeping everyone trapped in riverdale so so it it, it, it it's outlandish but it also somehow human i think and if we know riverdale fans can also expect a last minute cliffhanger and this one will be particularly important as it takes us into the show's seventh and final season The Riverdale Finale airs Sunday on The CW. Neil Patrick Harris and Darren Starr are getting consciously uncoupled with their new rom-com on Netflix. In our number four pick, Harris stars as 40-something realtor Michael Lawson, who thinks he has it all together until his partner of 17 years, played by Tuck Watkins, leaves him unexpectedly. At least, it was unexpected for Michael. Starr, best known for Sex in the City and Emily in Paris, among a string of other hit shows, co-created Uncoupled with Modern Family EP Jeffrey Richmond, because, well, heartbreak is universal. And so it became a show about this you know, a character who thought that his life was all figured out, that he was with the person that, you know, that he was 
in his sort of forever relationship only to be blindsided and um, find himself single again after 17 years, which we kind of thought was um, a, a story that a lot of um, emotionally, a lot of people could relate to gay or straight because we wanted the show to feel very universal. We wanted it to be like a really, a, you know, a, a story about a human story that everybody could kind of, they would appeal to a very wide audience because everyone at a certain point has experienced been on either side of a breakup. Well, for Harris, choosing to work with Star in Richmond was a no-brainer, but Uncoupled offered an opportunity to tell a story we've rarely seen before, a gay man in his 40s navigating newly single life in a way that's familiar as beloved rom-com tropes, pratfalls, and all abound. We're in a very fortunate time, at least as actors, to be able to be in an Uncoupled, right? Because, um, because they wouldn't necessarily make a show like this. 10, 10 years ago, five years ago, even, right? Yeah. The gay story was more the coming out story. It was younger mm-hmm. people who were struggling with their sexuality and what it means. And that story's been told and still gets told and is a great, is great. My God, Heartstopper. Have you seen Heartstopper? Absolutely. Oh, so great. God. God. <laughs> I cried mm-hmm. so hard watching that lovely show. <laughs> I loved it. God. But when you're dealing with people who are, uh, who are generations about that, often in the past, it's just been comedy tropes. And the purpose was that they were dried up and <laughs> and wistful about a life that they that they don't get to live anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think this breaks that barrier down a little bit. I've I've never felt better in my own skin at 49 years old. I don't right. feel I don't feel dusty at 50. I got a lot of life left to live and a lot of uh, like um, you know other co-stars to hump. Yeah. <laughs> Co-starring among many others, Tisha Campbell and Marsha Gay Harden, the first season of Uncoupled is streaming now on Netflix. Singer-songwriter Rustin Kelly will be debuting his and Kate York's moving new song, What You're Here For, on the new episode of American Anthems tonight on TBS. Check your local listings for time. Kelly took a quick break from singing to answer a very important question for us. What you watching? I've been watching a lot of the Detective Comics animated universe movies like Justice League War... Justice League, Apocalypse, War, Batman versus Robin, Son of Batman, etc. Throne of Atlantis, very good. I think what I like about these is like I was a huge comic book kid growing up. And the movies, the animated movies that would accompany them, though they were really great, they kind of lacked like, you know, the reality of that these would be very adult situations. For example, blood when you hit someone in the face really hard or you're scared and of this like 10 foot tall sewer monster, you're not going to say like, oh, darn, that's scary. Uh, So there's a lot of cursing and a lot of like adequate violence in the uh, animated movies. And I think that they're so enjoyable as an adult because it's like, oh, I've always wanted to see that as a kid. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of that. Number three. 
This DA definitely runs on Duncan. We are headed back to Boston for our next pick, the season premiere of City on a Hill. The Showtime series set in the 90s stars Kevin Bacon as corrupt FBI agent Jackie Rohr, who's trying to use Boston's criminal justice system to his advantage to regain the successful career he once had. But ADA DeCourcy Ward, played by Aldous Hodge, is on to him and will stop at nothing to make things right. Here's a preview. Still my city, B. Thought I thought that era died when they snatched your badge. My badge is at the bottom of the Boston Harbor. You serious? That's the bullet that killed JFK. Plenty of days you and I put up with the corruption in this town. But there's got to be some mornings you just wake up and say, enough. You up for taking on Goliath? I'll get my slingshot. Look at me. I'm doing a dirty job. Ignoring my boss's dirty secrets to make a ton of dirty money. You're having to compromise yourself, and you're miserable about it. The man I married is still the man you are. At least I hope so. You work for us. We need to have a little chat. This might be loud. I could use your skills investigating Sinclair Drive. A man so powerful and connected, he's got the district attorney carrying his water. You not grow up as a whole boss in them, it's sin and vice. I just want the law to work for us the way it's worked for them since the day they wrote the law. These people, they've been bullies for so long they forgot how to be afraid. Sometimes you go looking for ghosts, you end up finding demons. No matter how far we go, we can't escape where we've been. We give too much power to rich white men like Sinclair. Let's show them how impotent he really is. You know, the, I think you might be my soulmate. You and I, we are nothing alike. Fair enough. So, who will end up on top? Gotta tune in to find out. The season premiere of City on a Hill airs Sunday at 10 p.m. on Showtime. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. One of the biggest highlights of last week's San Diego Comic-Con was Saturday's big Marvel panel, which included the debut of the trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A powerful and sweeping visual, the trailer is 99% music, a moving rendition of No Woman, No Cry mixed with Kendrick Lamar's All Right, except for one brief moment when Wakanda Forever is whispered at the end and this stirring speech featuring Angela Bassett as Ramonda, the queen mother of Wakanda. And it is our soundbite of the week. 
would you do if you could meet your future self? Would you even want to, given the chance? Those questions are far from hypothetical for the paper girls of Amazon Prime Video's latest comic book series and this weekend's number two pick. Here's a preview. Hey! What's your name? Aaron. Tiff. So you're Mac, right? So? So I'm um, the first paper boy around here. Who was it? A boy. You must be the Brandman kid. KJ. My dad says you people own everything. You people? She's new. All right, Big Mac. Let's go. I'm not gonna, like, bite you or something. What is that? Why does this guy look like that? Move, move, move! Let's get out of here! What are you doing in my house? What, what are you doing in my house? I live here. No, I live here. That's her. Holy shit. Yeah, you can say that again. Paper Girls star Sophia Rosinski as Matt Coyle, Cameron Jones as Tiffany Quilkin, Riley Lanellett as Aaron Ting, and Fina Straza as KJ Brandman, as well as Ali Wong as the adult version of Aaron. See, we told you those time travel questions weren't hypothetical. Sophia, Cameron, Riley, and Fina stopped by EW's Comic-Con studio last weekend, and we got to hear whether they would want to meet their future selves. And uh, let's just say Sophia's response has us glad that we have not yet perfected time travel. Okay, so I, I think that I would, I, I, would, I would do something to her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a conversation with her. I would do something to her. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Little things that I know will will drive her nuts. Oh, <laughs> you're like your own villain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, maybe move something. That sounds very something. deep. Yeah, yeah like I heard saying slowly, just, like, just little things. I'll stick around for a long, long time, and just it'll, the little she'll come into the room or something. She'll have set a pen down right here. I'll see her do it. Yeah. Go in the other room. I'll move it. Just. A little bit, so she can see what was here. Now it's here. Just want to see that little flicker of wow. You know, this is classic math, by the way. <laughs> this is something that math would do. Um, yeah, let's just say if I ever met future Jared, I hope it would go much differently. All eight episodes of Paper Girls are now streaming on Amazon Prime Video. It's trivia time. Time travel, like in Paper Girls, is, of course, a common device in TV shows and movies. So, in which of the following movies or shows has a main character interacted with an older version of themselves? Is it Stranger Things, X-Men, Days of Future Past, or Back to the Future? That answer's coming right up. But first... Eight are now four on our number one pick, the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, All Winners. After last week's Maxi Challenge winners received not one, but three legendary legend stars, that boosted Monet Exchange into the top spot, along with Shea Coulee. They will be in the Limp Sync Lollapurusa Smackdown with Jinx Monsoon and Trinity the Tuck, all competing for the $200,000 cash prize and title Queen of all queens. But 
The other four, the Vivian, Jada Essence Hall, Raja, and Evie Oddly, aren't done yet either. Those four will compete for $50,000 and named the queen of... She's already the hair hers. Eh, just figured I'd let RuPaul take that. Anyway, here is a preview of the action as it picks up in the workroom. Baby, yes, she is a clutch player. Homegirl came in right at the perfect moment. Oh, baby, it is always a mistake to count Shea Coulee out. Congratulations, top four! Yes! Congrats to the top four. Thank you. How does it feel to have the most stars out of everyone here? Ultimately, what it does mean to me is that I am better than every single one. <laughs> Period. But I was like, girl. not rude putting me on the spot literally yeah. right now. I was like, girl, that's wild. But Jada, I love you. We have gotten, we have, we have built a great friendship here this entire season. <laughs> but Trinity would have had four stars had she not been blocked. And also, that's my Twitter, girl. Yeah, We've been I, through like, a lot. I was like, I just can't believe you picked somebody you have history with for years over somebody you just met. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and we have the she done already done had hers is. Oh Yo! A chance to win $50,000. They are giving away a quarter of a million dollars this season. That's madness. It's nuts. And all we have to do is just lip sync like 18 times. And then we've got it. Just There's two crowns on the line, a quarter of a million dollars. This is the best hour of television you're going to get all year. <laughs> Y'all are losing your mind. I feel like a drunk cat. Well, going into the finale, Shay had just one star, so mathematically, it was impossible for her to advance. That is until Rue revealed three stars for each winner. Here is Shay with EW's Joey Nolfi on this week's episode of our Binge Podcast. What did you think when you heard that the prize had increased to three stars, and what was... I guess, the general vibe amongst the rest of the cast in the room after Rue had made that announcement? Um, uh, <laughs> I honestly was like, ain't this about a bitch? Honestly, I, I, there was like this piece of me, look, this is my third time like going through the workroom. And, you know, there's always some little twists and some little shenanigans. And mm -hmm. it felt to me at that time like I kind of chuckled because I literally felt like they had held off on those stars for certain challenges because they already knew that this twist was going to be happening at the end and look you know in previous seasons you know I had you know racked up several challenge wins and so you yeah. know like season nine there was like four challenge wins there like i feel like i had kind of like built up this brand like you know shay knows how to you know snatch up some challenge wins and it's like how do we give the fans something that they don't expect well they won't expect shay not you know um getting these challenge wins and i felt like literally they said okay yeah and here are these three stars and there was a moment for me that felt like a little bit i'm gonna be completely honest i felt a little bit frustrated by it because it almost feels like this very strange handout here 
um, mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. me personally, I'm really hard on myself. And I want to feel like, you know, I'm like, because regardless, I know, and, and, and it has already happened. People question, they're like, well, you know, did she really deserve those like three stars? I like already knew that that discourse would happen. And I almost felt yeah. in the moment, I was just like, oh, here we go. Like, um, if I win these, then, you know, it almost feels like I won't be able to win because people who are fans of the other contestants are immediately going to try and discredit my win. Well, naysayers be damned because Shay is in the finale. See how the lip sync Lala Perusa goes down and who takes the crown? The RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars All-Winners finale is streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. And be sure to check back to EW.com for full coverage and interviews with the queens. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. A character from which of these shows and movies time-traveled to the future and interacted with an older version of themselves? Is it Stranger Things, X-Men Days of Future Past, or Back to the Future? Maybe you had to claw through the options to figure this out. It's X-Men Days of Future Past. Old and young Professor Xavier meet and decide to not give up hope and fight to save mutants around the world. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep, Sam Heifel, and Lester Brathwaite. Edited by Lauren Klein. Produced by Ashley Boucher. Hosted and produced by Jared Hall. And executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What to Watch. 